When the moon hits your eye Like a big pizza pie That's amore When the world seems to shine Like you've had too much wine That's amore for the judges and this multi-millionaire mogul now has the best kind of goal. The Thunderbird 144-8 for John Montgomery. It is Montgomery with it. Canada. Montgomery takes gold and still. The Caps have a 20. Oh, Bright has gone smack. Tora Bright is an Olympic gold medalist. Chuck scores. It's Pula again. Canada wins gold in overtime. Nadezhka touch for the line. 121-12. What another recovery from the youngster. Oh! She's taken gold! She's taken gold! The world champion in parallel giant slalom snowboarding is in gold medal position here. Can you believe it? It is Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast coming your way today for a massive interview. You're going to love this one today. We are speaking to one of the most recognisable faces and voices of Australian sports broadcasting over the last 30 years, particularly when it comes to the Olympic Games. Basil Zemplis, the man, the myth, the legend himself, is joining me on the show today. And this is a fantastic chat. You're going to get so much out of this. I've long been a fan of Basil. I could speak to Basil forever about a myriad of different subjects. But obviously we're here to talk about his Olympic experiences. You'll hear me talk in the introduction just how many medals he's been involved in across nine different Olympics. His first Olympics he was involved in, Sydney in the year 2000. Basically been involved in every Olympic since, with the exception of Vancouver, Sochi, and London, because unfortunately Channel 7 didn't have the rights to those three Olympics. But across his career, he has commentated on a myriad of sports. I'm talking basketball. I'm talking rowing. I'm talking canoeing, short track speed skating. Very famous moment in short track speed skating that, of course, he was the voice of. We used to have it in the introduction of our show, and he was the voice behind that, of course. Uh, Swimming more recently as well, done freestyle skiing as well. He has been involved in a lot of different sports over the years. Basil talks about his favourite moments that he's called on, the iconic words that he's used. We remember Tokyo, gobbledygook with Zach Stubbledygook. Well, you know I'm going to bring it up to Basil in this one as well. Future for him, how many more Olympics maybe he's got in him? Breakdancing, could he be calling that in Paris in 2024? And talking to yours truly about maybe me taking over from him by Brisbane. You never know. Got to put the words out there and the universe might take it on board and move forward with it. This is a fantastic chat. You're going to love every single second of it. Here is our chat with Australian broadcaster and TV sports personality, Mr. Basil Zemplis. We're always so excited to have any guest here on Off the Podium, particularly obviously our Olympian guests, the bread and butter of who we bring on this show. But selfishly, I always get a little bit extra excited when we can have people behind the microphone because that's what I wanted to grow up and be. I wanted to grow up and be that person behind the microphone. So we get to learn about another one of those people on the show today. And before I get into his achievements with the Olympics, just a couple of things for maybe some of our non-Australian viewers and listeners to get a bit of an update on who this guest is. The host of, former host I should say, of Basil's Footy Show, one of uh, Cleo's 2004 50 most eligible bachelors of the year. 
1996 Best TV Personality from the WA Football Commission Media Awards. Done a few other things, a couple of Australian Opens, Commonwealth Games, some other channels and radio shows, all those sort of things. Sort of the Lord Mayor of Perth, that's kind of important too. But we're here for the Olympics and has been involved in nine Olympic Games called some of Australia's most iconic moments. And if my calculations are correct, has called 17 gold, 13 silver and 17 bronze for a total of 47 medals. And I hope I got at least in the ballpark of that being correct. He's calculating there. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome to Off the Podium the one, the only Mr. Basil Zemplis. Basil, welcome to the show. Ben, fabulous introduction. Thank you. I'm not sure of the accuracy and uh, obviously in sports broadcasting, accuracy is important, but that, was it 17, 12 and 17 or 17? 17, 13 and 17. Well, pretty uh, good. I tell you what, if, if you possibly. could uh, average that strike rate, you'd be very happy with it. Just quickly then, so what sports, you don't know, we're not counting individual medals here, but what sports do you think made up the gold medal tally? Swimming, okay. we know. So let's, yes, yeah, swimming. Uh, so looking at uh, what you've called, obviously, short track from uh, Salt Lake. Uh, rowing. Yes, canoe good. Canoe and kayak. Yeah, good. Um, and I think that is it. A couple of silvers in the basketball. Um, no, and I, I and a freestyle skiing uh, silver, of course, in Pyeongchang. So. Yes. No, I, I think you have uh, nailed it there. So, um, yeah, uh, look, listening to it like that, and I've never – for a while there I did count the medals, and I counted the medals not because – I mean, it sounds so stupid, doesn't it? Uh, we've got a tiny part to play in it all. The athlete does all the work. But after – and I know you'll get there, but after the Bradbury call in 2002, I'll never forget – there was a whole sort of whole story of its own about that. But the very end of that story for me personally was after an amazing night, all of the time that it took to work out if the gold medal was going to stand, the medal presentation, and then, you know, sort of slumping back in the chair, taking the microphone, the headphones off and walking back to the broadcast compound. I remember going back in that night, Salt Lake City on a Monday or Tuesday night or whatever night it was, and, um, when I walked into the seven broadcast compound, everybody stood and clapped. And wow. it was like I'd won the gold medal. But I'm getting to the point of this. Uh, at the front door, leading the sort of standing ovation was Bruce McAvaney on the left, who only two years earlier had had his incredible moment with Kathy. And on the right was Sandy Roberts, a longtime broadcaster and legend of the game with Channel 7. Bruce reached his hand out and said, Congratulations, mate. Welcome to the club, i.e. the club of Channel 7 Olympic commentators who had called an Australian Olympic gold medalist. And I grew up idolising both Bruce and, of course, Dennis, um, who'd done the swimming before Bruce, before Ray Warren for a year, uh, for a Games and then me. And, uh, and of course, Sandy, through all of his football yeah. broadcasts. And Sandy, uh, unlike Bruce, who said, welcome to the club, Sandy reached out his hand and said, you lucky bastard. No. <laughs> Say that. Because for all of those games that Sandy had been to, since I think dating back to 1980 Moscow, maybe even 1976, I think 1980, um, Sandy had always done sports that the Australians, uh, the beautiful and amazing sports, like, for example, the figure skating or the gymnastics, but no Australian gold medalists. And wow. uh, it really hit home to me how lucky I was to have called an Australian Olympic gold medalist and how unlikely it was that, uh, as it turns out, my first one, because I'd been to 2000 as a bit of a bits and pieces commentator, um, 
My first one uh, was Australia's first one at the Winter Olympics, and what what a way to start! What a way to get myself into that club. Yeah, you literally the first goal, as you said, for the winter's first goal for Basel. That that kind of a, it's a nice little thing, and I actually love right. the thing that. Earlier this year, when we were recording this, of course, they during Beijing, the 20th anniversary of that moment, how they Channel 7 put that great little package of obviously Stephen recounting it, but then sort of intersected that with you because that's always something that I always love getting that story of behind the, the people who call those moments. You mentioned Bruce, Kathy, we all know that call word for word. Yeah. You, 13 words you uttered, the famous words. They've all gone down. Bradbury is going to come through and win gold. It's etched in our minds. So yeah. it was great to kind of hear your perspective of that and celebrating the 20th anniversary. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't amazing and, and of course Stephen is the hero of that story and I talk a lot about uh, that I, I am often asked to give keynote speeches and um, both as as a broadcaster still a, a broadcaster and clearly now as Lord Mayor and I you know almost all of them um, a large component of it is that moment in time not because um, of the unique circumstances of him winning gold but there's a, there's a huge story around it. And the story for me, and I won't tell the whole story, is but ultimately um, Stephen won that gold medal, not because he was the best skater that night. In fact, he knows and he said himself he was the fifth best skater. But he won that gold medal because he put himself in the race. He kept trying and trying to qualify for the Olympics, to be at the Olympics, to give himself another shot. And then the, the, the heat to the quarterfinal, to the semifinal, to the final. And he kept putting himself in the race. And so for me, the great untold story of the amazing finish is that that gold medal, although incredible because everybody did fall over except Steve, the reason he was able to be there was because he never, ever stopped trying. He never, ever stopped giving himself a chance. And sometimes in life, as in business, as in sport, sometimes it's not about what will happen at the finish line. And if Steve had worried about, oh, I won't be good enough or I'm not as good as them or they're going to be so good for me, he wouldn't have put himself in the race. But he put himself in the race. And in life, if we do that, what might happen? What could happen? And, and that, for me, is the great untold story of the Stephen Bradbury story. So uh, I, I love it and I celebrate it and how lucky I was to have a very small part in it all. I, I love that sort of insight that there. And I, I still say one of the best sporting uh, autobiographies I ever read was Stephen Bradbury's book, Telling His Story. It was really incredible. An amazing story. Yeah, yeah it is. It really is. Yeah. You, you, those 13 words that I say are very famous there, Basil. But, I mean, in recent times, another 10 words to add to the Basil Zemplis Hall of Fame. Uh, we can all go gobbledygook for Zach Stubbledy Cook. Uh, <laughs> does that get brought up now a little bit more often on board with those 13 words it, from Salt it, Lake? <laughs> I'm quite, I quite like that one, actually. Um, I like it because it's so off uh, the charts. Uh, look, what a luxury that you can be winning gold medals and there are some that you've got the luxury of having some fun with because we're having such an incredible game. So, so, you know, and this makes it sometimes sound like we're making it about us. We never do. It's always about the athletes. But reflecting back to that Sandy Roberts conversation and all of the Olympics that he'd been to, I reckon it might be 13, 14 or 15. It could be up at that number. And Sandy wasn't fortunate enough because of the sports that he called to call an Australian Winter Olympic, uh, an Australian Olympic gold medalist. At the Tokyo Olympics, we won nine gold medals in the pool. Nine in the pool. Now, that's yeah. the most we'd ever won, obviously, at a single games. But, I mean, how, how fortunate 
you know, in the case of Stephen Bradbury, we've waited 100 years to win one at the Winter Olympics. And here we are in the pool at Tokyo and we win nine in eight days, eight nights of competition. I mean, how, how lucky can I be? And so when you're getting into sort of gold medal number five or six or seven, then you think, well, how, what a luxury this is. We can actually have some fun. And uh, gobbledygook was something that, uh, that's a phrase that I've used with a few mates over the years. It's a bit of an Aussie phrase. I didn't yep. use it during the race. That would have been disrespectful to Zach. But uh, a few moments after touching the wall, and I think he maybe was just getting out of the pool. And, uh, I, yeah, I had thought, gee, stubbledygook, it kind of sounds like gobbledygook. And, um, uh, maybe I'll, we loved maybe, it. We loved it. We, oh, we On that day that happened, Basil, we, we just went absolutely nuts for that. That was such a, a great call because it is, it is obviously, as you're saying, it's, you have the luxury of calling these events and it is obviously about the athletes winning those medals, but... In history, when we're watching this footage back, it is your voice that is is being heard, of course. I mean, we've mentioned Bruce many of times. Obviously, as I said, we all know the Cathy call and everything along those lines. So do you ever go into these Olympics and have that in the back of your mind or is it just you focus on the job and then realise that at the end of it, oh, okay, well, my voice is going to be heard over this iconic moment for the next 100 years, essentially? Yeah, well, so no, you don't. And I think if you ever get into that territory, then you are putting um, you're putting. The- the wrong things uh, at the front of your mind and the wrong priorities in play. But also um, you do have to think about, well, this moment could last a lifetime and it's a very significant moment and you're trying to enhance the moment, if at all possible, with the words that you might choose. And so, I mean, going into the Tokyo Games, um, clearly the one that I thought was an event where if an Australian wins this an event, this event, uh, this will be something quite phenomenal because of who that Australian was likely to beat if indeed she was lucky. I'm talking, of course, about Ariane Titmus mm-hmm. and Katie Ledecky. So we've won the 400 before Thorpey, of course, and um, Tracy Wickham, um, and it's been a very good event for us. And we've won other gold medals in the pool. Um, but a little like beating Michael Phelps would be in the men's, uh, beating Katie Ledecky was going to mean that if Ariane Titmus was able to do that, that was going to be something very, very significant and very special. So um, uh, the call for that one is, is one that I'm proud of. You need a lot to go right and you've got to call it at the right time. And if you're going to try and come up with a line that, um, sort of does the moment justice. You've got to get it at the right time. You've also then, you've got to make sure they win. Imagine going with a line and then they don't win. So there's a lot going on and clearly you do think about, well, what's the sort of thing I might like to say in that moment if she wins? And um, so with that one, I, I was pleased that people... Um, People feel as though perhaps the lion did the moment justice and um, and that's a great thing. I mean, again, sounds like uh, we're partly responsible for the moment. We're not. Arnie did all the work. Uh, the swim of a lifetime against the greatest female swimmer of all time, Katie Ledecky. She beat her. So yeah. I'm pleased that I was able to perhaps just enhance that moment a little by uh, adding the right words at the right time. T- touched on 
the sports that you've covered across your nine different Olympics, is there one that if Channel 7 said, Basil, welcome to Paris, you can do whatever sport you want, uh, or welcome to Milan, you can do whatever sport you want, is there is there one that you're sort of itching to do? Uh, no, swimming for me, yeah. It's a real privilege to do the swimming, especially for an Australian, an Australian broadcaster. We love the swimming. We don't follow it year in, year out for four years, but we certainly follow it at Olympic time and, for that matter, at Commonwealth Games time. We've also been pretty good at following it through a lot of the world championship cycles as well. Um, and I I always loved it. I reckon 1980, Moscow, Neil Brooks, who I ended up working with, and he was part of the mean machine, probably wet my appetite as a, I would have been a nine-year-old then. And I remember watching that and thinking, wow, it turns out he went to the same school that I was going to go to. I hadn't even got to that high school yet, but that was wow. phenomenal. Uh, 1984, they picked up a silver medal. I remember following him again, and I was hooked on the swimming by that stage. And then uh, those big moments with Laurie Lawrence, uh, Duncan Armstrong, Jonathan Sieben, Susie O'Neill, Kieran Perkins, um, Ian Thorpe, uh, Grant Hackett, Liesl Jones, all of the relays. Uh, those great individual performances, of course, as well. Libby Trickett, Patria Thomas. Uh, these were before I got behind the microphone myself. But I, I love the swimming like Australians love the swimming. Not a great swimmer, but we understand it, don't we? You dive in, yeah. you got to go up and back or you got to go down. you got to go up and back a few times. We know how it works. We've all had school carnivals. Um, and so then to get the opportunity to call the swimming, and to get that opportunity after Dennis, somebody I've been a, you know, lucky enough to, to call a, a mentor, a colleague and a friend, uh, Den handed over to Bruce when Den was away at nine doing the AFL. Uh, Bruce, obviously legendary broadcaster and in Athens did track and field and swimming, the most phenomenal broadcasting yeah. performance. And I didn't realise it then, having done the swimming in Rio for the first time and realising how gruelling the schedule is, to imagine that Bruce then, and for a couple of days did both, to imagine that he did both, just phenomenal. Um, and then Ray Warren, the great rugby league commentator, obviously, um, in the year that nine, London, 2012. And then in 2016, I think 2015, I got asked, would you do the world championships with a view to doing the Olympics for seven, the swimming? Uh, it's been a... Probably the greatest, uh, the greatest thrill of my career in a way, because um, it's so special, and Aussies love it so much. And it travels the borders. It's not a, it's not an AFL states or a rugby league states thing. We all love it, and um, it's been a great joy. And and to, because of that, get to work with people like Grant Hackett, Ian Thorpe, um, to get to work with Liesl Jones and Jan Rooney has been a, a great thrill. I've, I've absolutely loved it. Long answer, but swimming would be the one. You're on off the podium, Basil. This is the the long answer show. I'll just say that. I just love that sort of that way you're going there from like from Dennis to Bruce to Ray to yourself. Do a couple more, Basil, and then hand it on to me to Brisbane. Just, you know, I'm just saying Us. just can possibly do Us. that way. So 10 years away from Brisbane and don't think I'm yeah. not thinking, can I make it that far? And <laughs> I make it that I'm 51. Uh, oh, I'm easy. 61. Come on. Bruce is a spring chicken and he's still going strong. You've got plenty in your brute, uh, Basil. Yeah. Uh, it might mean that we've got to hang on to it. We still I don't know about Paris as yet, so um, but I hope that uh, I've got another Olympics in me at least. Um, it's a it's a joy to do the swimming and um, an incredible sport. I admire the athletes, 
I love the before, stats and facts and all of those things as well. It's always uh, the stats. God, don't get me started on that. Before I let you go, Basil, one thing that I was going to suggest potentially yeah. for yes. Paris, mm. breakdancing. I mean, you could you can learn between now and uh, Paris. I could he's hear you behind the vocals calling all the moves for break dancing. Break, break dancing's in, isn't it? It is. It's officially yeah. a sport for Paris. So I've I mean, some, I, I have done some. I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say obscure sports. Um, I had a bit of a go at the rock climbing somewhere along the line uh, for Tokyo. And typically, what happens is so seven will have a team of commentators, um, and there might be eight of us or ten of us. And we'll have our main sports. And then uh, in the in-between times, and especially if an Australian is suddenly doing well or there's a gap in the schedule that might require some filling, we'll sometimes get asked to do a sport with not a lot of notice. I remember doing Greco-Roman wrestling, just the <laughs> final um, at the Sydney Olympics in exactly these circumstances because one of the competitors was going for gold, for a, not Australian, but going for gold at a fourth consecutive Olympic Games in the same event. And so our producers said, oh, it'd be good to get a call on that. That's going to be Olympic history if he happens to win. And, hey, Basil, you've got a block there. Could you do it? And, you know, you spend literally half an hour boning up on just enough. You're not going to call it like you've been doing it for a 1,000 years, but just enough to call the result. I remember that. I can't remember his name, but it'll be easy enough to find. He won the silver medal in the heavyweight class. Uh, but he didn't win. Uh, he was beaten in the final. Uh, he'd won the previous three gold medals at the previous three Olympics, but won the silver in Sydney. And that sort of thing happens quite a bit um, in the modern pentathlon in 2016. I was going to say that. Joe Griggs told that story about how you were all scrambling and what Scott McGrory ended up calling it, didn't Scott he? Scott McGrory, I got the call. Um, Basil, where are you? A call came through and I was on the bus going back to our accommodation. I was out of play. Um and uh, so, you know, the call's just going to all of our commentators and Scott was there. Scott, could you jump in and do it? And people have been um, lucky enough to get that opportunity. And, you know, how skillful was that call to be able to basically yeah. go in, sit down, call it uh, and get it right? Um, incredible. So it, it, it's a brilliant thing to have been able to be involved with. I mean, I'm an AFL man. I love it. Been lucky to do the tennis uh, quite a lot as well. But there's something about those Olympic sports that um, is is really special. And uh, I, as we on the day that we record this uh, for posterity, is the day that Roger Federer announced his retirement. He, yeah. He's probably the person who's all but through this job. I've the the sports broadcasting job. I feel probably luckiest to have come into contact with. But um, equally. Um, going to the Olympics um, as a broadcaster, calling those big swimming finals for Australia. Um, I, I think when I, when I think back over my whole career, I think, gee, how incredibly fortunate to have been able to do that. I feel very, very lucky. Well, we're very lucky to have you on, Basil, and to, to learn about that because there's obviously so much about this, uh, your esteemed career in the Olympics that absolutely there's still. Can, when, before I let you go, can I get you to give me the Bradbury call again? Can you give me those 13 words as a nice closing moment right now? Well, I thought I had them. I thought I'd remember them perfectly. So the other one, by the way, the Ariane Titmus was, um, uh, which is my favourite summer sport moment. Um, to become a legend, you have to beat a legend. Yeah. Uh, but the Bradbury one, you couldn't really prepare for five people, four people in front falling down and one guy from the back coming down. I'm eternally 
grateful that instead of saying has crossed the line first, which, believe it or not, are all the things that flash through your mind in a short space of time, I said, let's come through to win gold. I'll do it in a moment. Um, even though we had no idea had he won the gold or not. Um, yeah. And it was going to take about another 40 minutes before finally the flag went up or the announcement over the PA to say Stephen Bradbury has been declared the winner. But I'm very pleased that I went with gold because it it stays now forever. It does. And every time I see it, I think a million things I could have said. And then I say to myself, how were you going to think of any of those other things well, yeah. in, that, in that split second? So they've all gone down and Stephen Bradbury from the tail of the field has come through to win gold. Oh, look at that. That is the gold way to end it. Basil, mate, thank you so much. That is a perfect way to wrap it up. And uh, we definitely appreciate your time here on Off the Podium. And we'll see you in Paris, hopefully. Great pleasure, Ben. And I will mention to the uh, executive producers at Seven that uh, when you've had enough of me, I've got someone ready to go. An absolute honour to speak to Basil and to end it on his famous call there is uh, absolutely iconic. Can you imagine if we ever got Bruce McBanny on the show? I'd have to have a whole script for him. I'm like, Bruce, come on, give us give us all of this word for word. Uh, so good to learn about all of those moments. Obviously, not quite as long as we generally have for interviews on this show. Basil's a busy man. He's a mayor of Perth. To be able to get any moments with him, obviously, we're very honoured that he was able to give us some of his time. But uh, just so many things there that I just I love taking out of that there as well. The fact that he didn't really count his medals and I did some research for Basil Zemplis there. I was pretty excited for that moment there. But uh, to learn about uh, Tokyo, of course, Ariane Titmus, Katie Ledecky, race, uh, Zach Gobbledygook. We had to go Gobbledygook for that. And just the Bradbury story, which is such an amazing story told by him. There's a great video that I mentioned in that interview, of course, that Channel 7 put together for the Beijing Olympics, which you can find online. And basically it sort of has Stephen Bradbury tell the story of his win and they then intersect with Basil telling about his experience and calling that. So uh, great to kind of intersect there because as we talked about in the interview, whenever you watch that Bradbury race from Australia, you always hear Basil's call. So you're always going to hear that. Of course, we had that call in the beginning of our winter introduction, which we've obviously changed for 2023. But uh, one of the, uh, that's not just one of the, let's be honest, the most iconic Winter Olympics commentary in Australian history. And uh, what an honour it was to sit here and have him uh, do that right there for us on the show. And it's actually interesting to think now that on Off the Podium, we've kind of covered all angles in, in many respects of the Stephen Bradbury race. We had the man himself on the show talk about it. We had his chief rival, the guy who got the silver medal, Apollo Ono, on the show. Now we've had the man behind the microphone calling it. So maybe we need to get an official on, basically, to see how much abuse they got from the American crowd there in Salt Lake City for uh, awarding that to Stephen Bradbury. But uh, amazing to chat with Basil. Obviously, we definitely appreciate his time. We appreciate uh, his office in Perth for arranging that. And actually, I will say a special shout-out, too, to Joanna Griggs for helping hook us up there with Basil as well. So always got to give a shout-out to our good friend Joe and uh, everything else uh, that came with that chat. So by all means. And if you're in Australia and you've not been to Perth recently, go to Perth. It's a beautiful city. If you're not in Australia and you've never been to Australia, go to Perth. It's a beautiful city. And no, I have not been paid by Basil Zemplis to say that. I've been to Perth. I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Perth. And if I didn't live so damn far away from the place, I'd go there a lot more often. But it's a bit of a distance, a bit of a trek from the east coast of Australia to get over to the west coast of Australia. But I thoroughly recommend it if you've got an opportunity there. Go and and say g'day to Basil. Rock up to City Hall and be like, g'day, Basil. Ben sent me and he'll be like, G'day, Fred, and then he'll go back to his day. So uh, there you go. Video version of that, of course, is 
on our YouTube channel and a great shot of the city of Perth sitting behind Basil during that interview as well. If you want to stay up to date with the show, YouTube, I just mentioned it, subscribe while you're on there. We've got a bunch of other great Olympian interviews on there as well. And if you like the broadcast side of things, you like hearing from the people like me from behind the mic, in front of the camera, those sort of things. Of course, earlier this year, we spoke to Matt White, the voice behind the Dale Begg Smith call, which you would have heard at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Jason Richardson, late last year, of course, we spoke to from there. And obviously, Joanna Griggs, as I've mentioned before, Dave Colbert on the show before, Lisa Stalica had a bunch of great Australian. Australian broadcasters on the show, Devin Haru from CBC in Canada as well. Love getting the people behind the mic who are calling the Olympics as well. And if there's anybody out there, perhaps you're not listening to us in either Australia or Canada, maybe there's uh, somebody from France. You want to get us in the lead up to Paris, an iconic French call, the Bruce McAvaney of France. Let us know. And uh, we always like to uh, please our listeners and get people on the show. So send those requests in on our social media pages off the podium. You can find us there and subscribe to the channel on all good podcast platforms. We've got so many great episodes coming your way. I just I just don't even want to spoil them for you. I think you just need to keep listening and uh, stay tuned because we've got some new sports that we've not covered before coming your way very, very soon. Uh, Olympic champions coming your way very, very soon. So many great guests to come. You're going to get excited. Colin, myself and Jared will be back in just a few episodes time for another random episode in which we talk something to do with the Olympics. The reason why I'm not saying what it is because as the time of recording this, we don't know what that episode will be, but it will be a great one. And of course, we're still a couple of months away from it, but our looking ahead to Paris 2024 episode will be coming this year, about a year away from Paris when we get there in the uh, end of July. And that, of course, will be uh, just where we're at, a year out from the Paris Olympics, how we're looking for both Australia and Canada and some other things to look forward to and uh, everything else in between. And, of course, a little bit later this year as well, the Pan Am Games. In some capacity, I've mentioned this before, the Pan Am Games. Obviously, for Jared and myself, a little bit tricky to watch them and follow them, given that we're not in the Pan Am region. Colin obviously is. But we'll work something out and uh, we'll deliver some sort of coverage on the 2023 Pan Am Games, which I'm uh, very excited to pay a bit more close attention to because I always love learning about these multi-sport events outside of the Olympics so much. So busy here and off the podium, it's an honour to be able to have everybody listening to us right now and support the show. We always appreciate your time, your company, everything else just by listening to my voice right now. It does mean the world to us, so thank you very much. Thanks again to Basil. Thanks again for you for listening. We'll be back next week for our next episode here on Off the Podium. My name is Ben. Thanks for tuning in. Shout out as always to the Birmingham Ball and remember to go left and fizzle dizzle. When the stars make it through just like pasta fuzzle that's amore that's amore when you dance down the street with the cloud at your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming, Signore. Excuse me, but you see back in old Napoli. That's amore.